Emily Cadell is Newsweek's political correspondent. She's been covering U.S. politics, Congress, and foreign affairs in our nation's capital for more than a decade, including six years as a reporter with CQ Roll Call. Um, let's talk about Iowa. Obviously, everybody you know, in politics, their eyes are on Iowa and on the caucus. Um, we've been waiting for this, and a lot of people say this, you know, we have a, a neck-and-neck race on the left between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. We have a guy who's not attending a debate tonight who's, uh, you know, way ahead, and that could change, uh, and Ted Cruz could be taking the lead. Who knows? Um, but we need to look at demographics, and in the Democratic election, Bernie Sanders definitely has the youth vote. He's got that millennial uh-huh. vote. He's got those right. those people online. But what I have seen, numbers-wise, looking back, is it's older people and people who are familiar with, comfortable with, and that have caucused before that turn out. And that could actually be not only important, but a really important uh, item for the Democrats, specifically for Hillary and for Bernie. She could benefit, and and he may miss out, correct? Right. You know, it's interesting. There's been a lot of emphasis on Bernie's um, connection with younger voters, with sort of the 18 to 29 or 34-year-old crowd. But there hasn't been as much of a look at Hillary Clinton's uh, advantage with senior voters, and that's what... I started digging into a little bit as I was looking at these polls, which, as you said, are neck and neck. She has about as much of an advantage with the 65 and older crowd as he does with sort of the 20, the 20 something crowd. So for, for Hillary, what she needs is she needs to get those reliable senior voters to the caucuses. For Bernie, he really has to hope young voters who are a little bit more variable in terms of when they turn out, when they don't. He has to hope that he has a really good turnout with younger voters and that that swings it his way. And let's, you know, this is a segment of the population that um, that this is a time where they matter even more, (laughs) you know, in in, in numbers. If, you know, they may not matter in consumerism or I don't want to say matter, not matter as much as some other demographics in consumerism or in talk radio listening audiences, even as an example. Uh, But certainly uh, in voting and even more so in a caucus, these are also people that are comfortable going out in the rain, sleet, snow, hail, whatever, uh, and have the time, because many of them are retired, uh, to take the time to caucus. And caucus right. is a you know, very different animal than, than any other type of, uh, of voting, like a primary or obviously a general election. Retirees are really a key. I mean, you see it when, even when you go to vote, it's a lot of the poll staff and volunteers are retired folks. Um, they have the time, as you said, and certainly in a lot of these caucus scenarios, this can take several hours. It's not just showing up to a polling place and casting a ballot. Um, and the other thing is there's there's sort of a pattern that people develop over time of participation. They, they're comfortable with the caucus process. They know their precinct location, um, and particularly on the Democratic side where the caucusing is a little bit more complicated, um, that's also an advantage for seniors as opposed to young people. But, of course, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of campaign aides and academics who've watched caucuses over time and say, you know, there, it really varies in terms of just how many people show up for these caucuses. It can be, you know, less than 100,000 to more than 200,000. So there's a lot of factors that go into to who shows up for these things. And it's pretty irregular. So different people, different, different cycles, you know, there's a lot of variability. Is it fair to say the senior vote could be Hillary Clinton's ticket to victory next week in the Democratic caucus in Iowa? Well, certainly, I think so, just because you look at how narrow a lot of these polls 
are in between Hillary and Bernie, and it very much seems like a neck-and-neck neck race. Now, it's always hard, especially in caucuses um, with polling, to determine who's a likely voter, but since every poll I've seen in the last week or two has shown them within the margin of error, it seems like a very narrow, um, a narrow victory could, you know, boost either Hillary or Bernie, and that comes down to turnout. I mean, I think Bernie Sanders admitted that yesterday at his press conference after his White House meeting that really, you know, if he if there's a really big turnout, it's great for him. If there's not such a good turnout, it's not as good for him. So, um, so I do think something like the senior vote, whether, whether you consider seniors 55 and up or 60 and up, um, those people are much more likely to be Hillary voters, and that could could be her boost that she needs in Iowa. Your piece, Emily, for Newsweek, entitled For Clinton Older Voters, could be all important in Iowa. You talk about some polls. CNN ORC did an international survey. It was conducted conducted, uh, January 15th to 20th of this month. It found that Clinton led 63 to 34% among likely Democratic caucus goers age 55 and older. And then you speak about a CBS News YouGov poll done around the same time with an even greater gap where she led Senator Sanders 61 to 28% among registered Democrats 65 and older. This could help her not just in Iowa in a caucus, but technically it could also help her across the board. I know that I once in my life, not a presidential election, uh, but a midterm election, I, I missed one vote because of work and time and not being able to get to a vote before they closed. You know, in media, we don't work nine to five. And I say that because there are definitely people with work, and then if you're in a rural area with weather or with transportation issues, uh, older people may have that down because, you know, they they live this way on a daily basis. Like if they rely on somebody for transportation or if they, uh, you know, if if they're uh, in, you know, an organization or some kind of a residential uh, living community where transportation is provided for them, uh, this could help Hillary on a broader level uh, state by state, correct? Right, and and you think about childcare as another factor for a lot yes. of parents who've been working all day and they come home, they've got to take care of the kids. What do they do if they also want to go vote? So there are a lot of barriers um, for you know busy people that retirees may not. Not that they aren't busy as well; they can be very busy, but you know, but they just may not face some of those same barriers to getting out um, on a winter a winter evening in Iowa. Um, and certainly across the country, I mean, seniors are an important factor. You look at the baby boom generation has, is now moving into, um, you know, retirement age, and there's a lot of concern about the state of Social Security. There's concern about the state of the economy and, and their savings, and um, so they're going to be engaged in a way that maybe they weren't when they were raising kids and families and, and didn't have quite as much time on their hands. So there's certainly this bulge of seniors going in now that could be important um, in the same way that, you know, the millennials get talked about a lot and that there's the population bulge that really seems to be rallying around Sanders. They're just a little more unpredictable. Let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Dean is in Buffalo, New York, on line two. Uh, Dean, thank you for joining us. Question or comment for our guest, Emily, from Newsweek. Well, uh, first of all, let me be courteous and say um, I appreciate the show. Um, it's, been, it's been really good today. Um, I enjoyed listening to um, the discussions you two have been having. Um, I just want to say that the youth vote, I'm going to take some people off by saying this, the youth vote 
seems to be more important than the mature vote because, um, as we saw with the last two uh, presidential elections with uh, Barack Obama, the youth vote basically um, uh, decided the, the whole thing. They're better with social media. They're better spreading the um, the uh, the word on campaign topics. I, I was just wondering what what you two thought, Emily. Yeah, I, I certainly think the youth vote can be sort of that extra edge that a candidate needs. I mean, the thing that Obama did so well is he stitched together not just the youth vote, but he also brought out the African-American vote in an unprecedented way. He was able to unite that with a lot of sort of um, upper middle class and upper class voters, affluent urban voters. So he really stitched together a whole coalition it's a little bit hard to say it was just the youth vote, but I certainly think that was a big part of the coalition that he built. Um, and the promise of the youth vote is that you can grow that body of voters more than you can with older voters. Older voters are there. You have a little bit better idea of who they are and if, or if they're going to turn out or not. They have a longer record in terms of their voting behavior. Young people, there's a lot of uncertainty, and so I think what people are watching for, and Iowa will be the first indicator of that, is how well Bernie Sanders is doing at bringing those people out. I don't think people expect it to be quite on the scale of Obama in 2008, just because he was such a new and potentially historic candidate. Um, but I do think that there is a, there's a bigger potential for growth with the youth vote in a way that there isn't with the senior vote. So that's the downside for Clinton in having this big edge with seniors, um, Sanders has more possibility, but it's still unclear if he's going to be able to capitalize on that. It's really weird because Senator Sanders won. Um, He would be 74, the oldest person ever elected president. Yet it's the youth, 18 to 34, that support him and folks his own age that don't. Emily, I want you to respond to that when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with our guest. If you have any calls, one more segment with her here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Emily Kadai, Newsweek's political correspondent. Newsweek.com is the website. On Twitter, follow Emily at Emily, C-A-D-E-I, and she spells Emily, E-M-I-L-Y. We'll be back right after this. Newsweek's political correspondent joining us. Emily, thank you. Uh, we're talking about her piece uh, written uh, for Newsweek entitled For Clinton, Older Voters Could Be All Important in Iowa. So before the break, I said, hey, look, uh, Senator Sanders would be 74, the oldest man ever, ever, oldest person, but oldest man we've never had other than a man right now. I must remind people. Uh, president, uh, yet folks in his own age group seem to like the younger gal and people the youngest in the 18 to 34 demo uh, like him. Uh, do we know why? I mean, even more so than why the youth like him, why people his own age don't. You know, I think there's a couple things going on with Sanders' appeal. Um, with the with the young vote, there's something sort of retro about him, I think. Um, he and, and particularly, he comes off as authentic, which I think um, is really important to young voters. They want someone who sort of speaks truth to power. Um, they like that he's challenging the system. You know, young people tend to distrust um, institutions and be a little more, you know, radical in their youth. So there's something to that, I think, with his appeal to millennials, whereas Clinton is sort of a known 
um, entity. There's questions about trust with her that I think got raised in the last town hall that happened in Iowa. Um, you know, young people saying, you know, we just don't trust you. Um, whereas I think older voters, um, it's a little bit more unclear to me why the gap is so big between Clinton and Sanders. I think there's a lot of older women who really would love to see a woman president elected in their lifetime. And I think that appeals to them because they remember a little bit more of the, the struggle for women's rights in a way that maybe the younger generation just doesn't really appreciate. Um, so I think that's part of it. And I think that, that older voters are just a little more risk averse and, and Clinton's a little more moderate in both her tone and her uh, pledges that she's making in her policies. And so I think for them, they're, they're a little more disconcerted by, by Sanders. Uh, very, uh, very interesting. Uh, some tweets here that uh, we have. I, I want to find the ones that I was looking at. You know, the page just keeps going up and down. Um, and by the way, you can follow us on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. And um, there was a woman here, Leslie. She said, Bernie's been very active on behalf of seniors. I don't think all seniors are going for Hillary. Nobody said all, but she has incredible uh, lead over him. Why do you think some people don't believe the numbers, even though we tell them and cite, you know, two very reputable polls? Well, I think it's always, um, you know, what you see on the ground versus what you hear. It's, it's always a question of how good these numbers are, and certainly with the um, changing ways that people are communicating, polls can be a little bit harder um, to conduct, uh, particularly with people who don't have landlines. So there is very, you know, there are very valid reasons to question polls. I just think that when you look over sort of um, the, the entire um, breadth of the polling that's out there, there's a pretty clear pattern that emerges, and I think that's what we can put a little more stake in as opposed to one single poll, for example. Um, but, you know, I, I don't doubt, I, I certainly think there are a lot of a lot of older folks that appreciate um, Sanders' message and are rallying around him as well, particularly you see that in New Hampshire. I think sort of the liberal um, aging hippie vote is certainly in Sanders' corner, um, but depending on sort of their political ideology, there's more older voters who tend to be a little more centrist, and those types of people are going to to support them. Um, Okay, and let's see. uh, I think we have time for a quick call. Uh, In uh, Washington, Paul is on line two. Paul, quickly, question or comment? Yeah, hi. I I, I think that um, a a main reason why people Bernie's age are uh, less supportive of him is the socialism label, and people Bernie's age are, have Cold War mentality. People who are 18 to 34 not only don't have Cold War mentality, they wouldn't know who Rocky and Bullwinkle are. You know, so I, I think that's the point. And, and people of, uh, of the 18 to 34 age group can see the benefits of collectivism in the sense that some socialist policies are, are, have benefit and are, are good, such as single-payer health care, uh, and so forth. So I think that people that are that are Bernie's age, as I said, have a Cold War mentality and are locked into that sort of um, you know things that happened during World War II. And by the way, which is why we things that happened during World War II is why we have the healthcare system that we have. All right, Paul, Paul. Very good points. Just because of time, Emily, I'd love for you to respond. Yeah, I agree. I actually think that you know uh, there's. There's older people, they have a lot stronger association with socialism and that label as a pejorative, as something sort of negative or a little bit too fringy, whereas I don't 
think it holds the same connotation for people in their 20s because they just they didn't live through that era of sort of the radical left and as he said the cold war so it just it doesn't ring negatively to them in the way that maybe it does to people who sort of associate it with something um from their past so i do think there there's absolutely something to that and um, uh, I appreciate you being with us. I thought I'd have time for one more question, Emily. I was wrong. Uh, thank you for being with us. Emily Cadet. Uh, follow her on Twitter at Emily Cadet, E-M-I-L-Y-C-A-D-E-I. The website is Newsweek.com, where she is a political correspondent.